The What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O Group and the host of the What to Know podcast. And I am joining you live from the Ellie May offices in uh, Pleasanton, California. They're actually quite beautiful. And I have the pleasure of sitting down today with Jonathan Kaur, who is the president and CEO of Ellie May. And we are having this conversation not only because Jonathan is an interesting uh, gentleman to talk with, but we're also supporting the Ellie May Classic, which is coming up. And we're going to find out during the interview a little bit about how that came to be. And so we figured Jonathan was the perfect person to do that. So welcome, Jonathan. Thank you so much, Aaron. Looking forward to it. Me too. Um, so you've been with Ellie Mae for 15 plus years, which is a rarity in and of itself. Although I worked at Fidelity Investments for nine years and still have friends that have been there for 25, 30 years. So clearly when you find a good thing, you stick with it. You've made your way up the ranks to you know being president and CEO. And um, I know over the last four years, you've actually been president and were COO and now last two as president and CEO. Let's talk a little bit about that 15 year journey and what did it look like when you joined and what does it look like now? Yeah, it's uh, it's been quite a journey, uh, a, just a fantastic, fa- fantastic uh, journey. And I joined the company um, uh, after being in the tech business for for many years with different uh, technology companies, all the way from PeopleSoft to Netscape and and others. And I, I met our founder, um, Sig Anderman, um, who is a, a real visionary and and had this vision uh, when I met him. He had started the company a little little earlier of really automating everything in the mortgage origination process between the consumer and the investor. And, you know, when I walked in and I looked at it and, and saw how dysfunctional the, the mortgage origination process was, um, it's, it's, a, it's an operation all about data, capturing data from the consumer, figuring out what the best thing you can do for that borrower, and then turn around sending that data and validating that it's true. And it was just a right place for technology. Now, how we have gotten here, um, you know, was not a, a straight line, if you will. You know, you sail towards a North Star, and although that North Star doesn't seem to, to move in the sky, you know, the winds can change, the, the tides can change, and you have to adapt. So we really have evolved from a, a little company with 100 employees that was, was doing websites for mortgage brokers to a, a company now with 1,200 employees that is doing software as a service, enterprise lending platforms, facilitating you know, about a third of the loans in the United States. Now, those two things don't seem to connect so well together, but, but really it's, it's a natural evolution. It was kind of, kind of following how the internet's evolved from you know, thinking about B2C to really a B2B evolution, um, and it's just it's been wonderful. Yeah, well, so you um, touched on something that I did want to talk a little bit about, and that is that you really have had some time in addition to your time here in the tech world, you know, working for companies, I think you mentioned Netscape and certainly uh, Compaq and Oracle. What does that look like, you know, over the course of the time that, you know, you've been in the tech world? Clearly, the Internet itself has made a huge difference. Software as a service. Now we have things like AI and machine learning. Uh, you mentioned, you know, it has not been a straight line. You did have this little curveball in 2008, 2009, which I'm sure impacted you guys, not only from a business, but also from a how you deliver your services and software. So give us a little bit of insight there. You know, it, it really, I mean, if you think about the tech business, it really is a, 
it's an interesting, it's kind of a back to the future. I, you know, I, I remember years ago um, when, when computing really first started, we had timeshare models, right? We, you know, and uh, then we went to desktop and client server, and now we've kind of returned back to you know things in in the cloud, right? And you know, for a lot of reasons, it makes a tremendous amount of sense. So the fundamental business models have changed pretty dramatically from being perpetual license with maintenance um, to a model really where you know you're serving the customer as a service all the time. And I think it's really good for the industry in that it allows customers to really hold their partner, their technology partner, accountable, right? You know, you, you, uh, you better do what you need to do. Otherwise, a customer will go somewhere else. And so I think that, that, that that's fantastic. The other thing it really has done is, you know, it makes it so that, you know, a technology company can do the stuff that they're really good at. And customers can focus on what they're really good at, which is not typically technology, but rather the business they're in, the services they're in. And they don't need to worry about the infrastructure, the software. Ideally, all of that gets transitioned out to the business partner. And even in our case, right, you know, many technology companies are now leveraging public cloud and leveraging infrastructure as a service as well. So it's, I think it's been a very exciting, um, exciting evolution. Um, you know, as it pertains to, you know, data um, and analytics and AI and machine learning, none of these things are kind of uh, truly new things, right? They've been around for many, many years and, and, and we've talked about them, but, you know, computing power, bandwidth, um, the amount of data just wasn't there for us to truly take advantage of it. And now we can. And so, you know, it's, it's exciting. Some people get, you know, start getting fearful of, well, you know, technology is going to consume everything and um, consume jobs, et cetera. You know, one of the things that we still see, even as we talk about automating the residential finance process, is that people, consumers, whether they be millennials or, you know, Gen Xs, et cetera, still want an experience that's a combination of high tech and high touch still a very emotional decision to go out and buy a home um, and you want somebody to be there to walk you through that process because you are buying something for your family right and it's not something you do very often um, and in many cases right now it's something that people are doing for the first time right and one of the biggest purchases you'll probably ever make in your life so it better go smoothly and you better do it right absolutely so let's shift gears a little bit um not a surprise that someone like you would be sponsoring a golf tournament. So we mentioned the Ellie Mae Classic, which is played uh, a couple of towns over in beautiful uh, Stonebrae and Hayward, right up in the mountains there. Uh, I believe the tournament started around 2009. It's coming up at the end of July. This podcast will go live before that, so people will get to hear your uh, your voice, as well as Joanne Pasternak from the Warrior Community Foundation. Talk a little bit about the history of the classic and your involvement, and why has it been such a passion project for you all? Yeah, it's 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 been a tournament that's been around for a number of years. We got involved uh, last year for the first time, um, and you know we're a company. Um, we've created a culture here where we really, you know, care about our customers, our employees, and the community we're in. It's um, we have a program that's driven by our employees called Ellie Cares. Um, and it's really, it's, it's a very special, um, program because, 
you know, we really feel fortunate for, for you know, what we're able to experience um, and to be able to give back to, uh, to, to our communities. And so last year, um, I was actually approached by the PGA and the Web.com tour to consider being um, the title sponsor. And, you know, the first reaction was, you know, sponsoring a PGA event, that, that seems like a, a little bit of a, a, a luxury, right? You know, yes, you, you want to you know, take advantage of a, a brand and, and uh, potentially attract people by doing that. Um, and yes, um, I am a golfer, and they actually discovered that, and they discovered actually an article that was written six years ago where I talked about golf and what a great game and how it's a game of integrity and it's a game that you can really start to understand the true nature of your uh, business partners out on the course. And so they had done their homework. But the thing that really impressed me was, as I learned about the PGA, that really every dollar beyond what goes to the, uh, the athletes when they win the tournament, the purse, goes to charity. It's one of the, the most philanthropic uh, professional sports associations out there. And that really resonated with me. One, um, you know, because, uh, you know, uh, the PGA was uh, something that was very interesting from a, a golf standpoint, but um, the, the fact that they gave back so much aligned with who Ellie May is, and even on the side, you know, golf's a kind of a game we have here where three times a year we do a little nine hole. Um, after work, we get ploys together it just kind of, again, part of the culture of having a, a great place to work. And so when we, we, we kind of learned those things uh, about the event, we decided it would be a great, great fit for us. And at this, in, in parallel, um, we had a connection with uh, the Golden State Warriors and the Golden State Warriors Foundation. And we thought, you know, what, what a perfect, you know, kind of combination here in the East Bay with this, you know, um, great sports franchise that's you know all about you know excellence. Um, they're giving back to uh, their their community through the Golden State Warriors Foundation. You know Ellie May, all about excellence. Um, we want to give back, and so we we decided to to really bring those two together. And so last year was the first year; it was very exciting. This year is going to be even more exciting. You know, last year we had um, our champion set. A record on the first day, shot a 58 lowest score in a PGA sanctioned tournament, went on to, to, to obviously win that tournament. He did not make it to the PGA last year. He, he missed by one or two slots. Yet this year, as our returning champion, he is the number one player on the web.com tour, Stefan Yeager. And at the same time, we've kind of combined that with another champion. Um, you know, Stephen Curry, you know, the, the, the great champion as part of the Warriors is a, a, a big time golfer. I know many people know that. Uh, and you know, he was actually recently on uh, Faraday. Um, and we decided to give him uh, a sponsor's exemption. So to bring him to the table. And again, all about creating excitement around the tournament and really generating uh, money for uh, for charity. 
Well, that's great. That's a great background story, and kudos to you guys for doing that. We're trying to put a little bit of our money where our mouth is, but not nearly what you are. Um, I have to ask two questions, though, specific to that. One, do you get a chance to meet Steph? And two, will you be playing in the celebrity shootout at all, or are you just a uh, observer and get to meet all the fun you know, senior folks there? You know, so I, I, I definitely will get to meet Steph. Um, last year I played in, um, in, in conjunction with the, the celebrity shootout, which uh, is 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 really the prof- professional athletes from the various sports teams in the in the area. I'm not a professional athlete, so I'm not going to get that. But I am going to play in the pro ams. I played in uh, both pro ams last year. I got to play with uh, uh, Andre Iguodala last year. That was a, a real treat. Quite a quite a uh, an athlete and a gentleman, and had had a wonderful time. And I plan on on doing that again uh, this year and playing in the pro am. So I'll be there to see the celebrity shootout. And, uh, you know, obviously get a chance to, to cheer on uh, Steph as well. Well, that's awesome. And, I mean, you know, those guys really are such an exciting duo. It was really nice. People were, I think, afraid that uh, Iguodala was not going to be able to come back and fit under the cap, you know, when you have guys like Kevin Durant joining and, you know, you're spending a lot of money. So that's great that you're able to do that and great that we're able to have, you know, this Steph participating this year. And the one thing I'd say, you know, it's, it, you know, what I love about the Warriors and, you know, I'm I'm a – originally from Boston, big, grew up with the Celtics. Um, but what I've been, you can't see is today I'm wearing my Sox cufflinks because <laughs> I knew that uh, Jonathan was from Boston. I'm from Boston as well. So we, we had a little laugh about that earlier. But, you know, I've been out here for, for about 25 years. And I, I really, uh, although I, I'm still a big fan of many of the, the New England teams, I've become a, a real fan of the Warriors because I, I just think they've created an organization that's really special. And it is a reflection when you see someone like, you know, Andre um, and, and the team, you know, making a little of a sacrifice economically so that they can stay together as a team and continue that excellence um, and continue that winning. That, you know, that to me is just it's it's admirable. And it's in many ways, you know, in business, you know, that's what you want to do as well is, you know, you make sacrifices for the team over the individual. So it is, it's just very impressive. Sounds a little New England Patriots-esque in fact, right? <laughs> um, anyway, and, and I've actually had that same journey where I'm still very passionate about my Boston teams, but this is the first team that over the last four or five years really has kind of snuck their way into my heart. So I joke with my boss, Jim Weiss, that 80 games a year, I'm cheering for the Warriors and those other two where they play the Celtics, I have to cheer for the Celtics. Exactly. I still have my passions with my Red Sox and my uh, my, my Patriots, but I, I, I really enjoy the Warriors. Yeah, it's nice to have them out here. Anyway, I'd like to now turn a little bit towards some uh, more questions about you and just sort of who you are as a person. And one of the questions I'm starting to ask now is um, – for our guests to tell us tell us something about themselves that maybe their employees don't know. Hopefully, it's something their families know, so we're not you know digging any deep skeletons out of the closet. But yeah, <laughs> well, you know, I, I tend to be quite of an open book. But I was actually I was just joking. I was uh, just over in Italy recently with my family, my uh, my wife and kids, and um, you know, I'm I'm someone that is uh, I'm fascinated by history. Um, I've always been fascinated by you know. Uh, ancient civilizations. I can, I can think back on, uh, you know, growing up and, and learning about Rome and Greece and, and, and just, I mean, just, I, I suck it up. I'm just, you know, so fascinated by it. So I, I really was thinking about this recently in that, you know, in another life or maybe, you know, after I'm done with this one, I think I, I, I'd love to become an archaeologist. You know, I don't, I don't know if I want to become Indiana Jones with the hat and so forth, but the, the idea of going out and kind of Learning about history and, and um, is, is just so fascinating to me. 
Yeah. I just realized recently, speaking of, that I guess there's an equivalent of Pompeii, which was one of the Italian cities. They got covered in uh, volcanic ash and sort of disappeared, but it's in pristine condition. That There's an equivalent to that that I guess is in the ocean that they just figured out recently. Wow. And so I, I want to learn more about that. I didn't do yeah, deep I'd love research, to learn about but that. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. So um, I like that. Uh, the next question I want to ask and this is to find out a little bit about who's influencing the influencers. So either currently or sort of over your history, you know, who have been who have been those people or a particular person that's really spoken to you, maybe a mentor, maybe someone, um, you know, that, that really maybe from afar you were impressed with growing up in the tech world. There are lots of folks to look up to. Yeah, I mean, th- there is. I mean, I, uh, I I really love to to learn from from many people and. Uh, you know, uh, I read a lot, um, you know, and, and, and really have been, you know, impressed with many different individuals along the way, you know, all the way from, you know, um, what Steve Jobs has done, but, you know, Jack Welch at GE, um, Richard Branson at, uh, at Virgin. And, you know, they all, you know, nobody's perfect, but you, you can always learn something and you kind of learn a little nugget along the way and try to, you know, add that to your, uh, to your, 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 uh, your repertoire, your, your repertoire if yes. you will. Um, you know, but, um, yeah, I, I'm always you're really impressed with folks that are successful both in business, but also, you know, really have a heart and, you know, give back. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of folks to look at that, that have done that along the way. Uh, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, tremendous number of individuals. Yeah, well, you could do worse than those as yeah. your uh, your mentors or your your influencers or your in, uh, the folks that give you inspiration. Uh, the last question I do like to ask everyone, and this is really just for fun, but I think tells a, a little bit about our personalities, and that's the uh, desert island, right? You're theoretically trapped on a desert island for the rest of your life. Uh, you, you can bring one album with you and listen to that, you know, forever. Which album would you pick, and uh, what, why would you pick it? Oh, that is a that 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 that's a that's a good one. I've always been a huge Billy Joel fan, um, and you know I just I I love uh, I love The Stranger. I think it's this it's wonderful classic album that you know was one of his early albums, and you know the songs say so much to me, and I I can just always just listen to them, so. Well, that's a good choice, and it's funny because I loved Billy Joel sort of early days and then put him on the shelf for a long time. Yeah. And one of the things that I've loved is uh, Spotify now opens up this possibility of digging back into the archives and bringing back the David Bowies and you know Prince and Stevie Wonder and all that. And yeah. Billy Joel has been someone that I have uh, started to listen to a little bit more, so yeah. that's a great choice. Well, thank you. Thank well, you, Aaron. Yes, well, thank you for being here with us, Jonathan. Um, Jonathan Kaur, who is the president and CEO of Ellie Mae and one of the benefactors of this upcoming Ellie Mae Classic. I'm Aaron Strout, the CMO of W2O Group and the host of the What to Know podcast. Also a proud sponsor of the Ellie Mae Classic, hopefully for many years. Uh, it's been a pleasure sitting down with you today. It's an absolute pleasure, Aaron. Really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, thanks for taking the time. Of course. Want more episodes of the What to Know podcast? We post a new episode every Thursday. Check them out on iTunes, the podcast app, and the podcast page at w2ogroup.com backslash what to know.